Welcome to Ritual of Practice Podcast. I am your host, Angela Houghton. The intention of this podcast is to inspire your practice. I thought it would be fun to offer stories of how different people integrate practice in their lives. I am so appreciative of the humans that share their experience on this podcast and to you, listener, for joining us. May you show up for what lights you up. Hello. Today on the podcast, I am talking with Mila Spiel. I met Mila this summer at a horse clinic in Littleton, Colorado. Mila is a high school student in Littleton. And the only reason I share that, because I don't necessarily think you would know, you know, of course, other than I, I do ask that question in the interview, but just to touch on that, you know, sometimes we can think it's too early to get started. We're too young to start something. Or then once we're older, oh, we're too old. It's too late. I've missed the boat. And so, you know, just to put it out there that now is the right time to begin practicing um, what it is that lights you up. It doesn't matter how old you are, how old or how young, um, you can start now or you can keep going now. So I'm just, it was a really special interview for me to talk with Mila. And when I was listening to it, it was a few things that were interesting to me. One is I, I found myself using a different tone of voice and I thought that was interesting and I haven't really completely unpacked that for myself, but um, something about Mila's um, heart and um, maybe her youthfulness that put me in a different state and I can hear it in the tone of my voice. And then um, another thing that is just, I feel or when I was listening to the, the interview, I was aware that it was almost like I was being coached. (laughs) It was really kind of fun um, to listen and be like, oh, Mila is just, you know, sharing all this wisdom that she has found on her path, um, you know, her path of life. But in this episode, we're talking about her path of her relationship with horses. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for you to hear what she has to share in regards to fear and love and really getting out of our own way through forgiveness and acceptance. So I hope you'll enjoy. I know you'll enjoy this episode um, that I'm sharing today with Mila. Hi, Mila. Hi. Thank you so much, Mila, for coming on the show today, The Ritual of Practice. I am honored to be here. I'm so excited. I'm honored, too. I'm going to do do a little introduction to warm the listeners up to how we met and where we're headed in our conversation today. I think that's lovely. Sweet. So I'm here today with Mila Spiel, and we just spent two weeks together at a Mark Rashid clinic in Littleton, Colorado, where we were um, playing with horses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have some questions I'm going to ask Mila today. Um, I think it's, I mean, I, I feel like this is really fun for me to note because the listener may not realize it and just um in our conversation today but and I don't know if it'll come up so I just want to share that you're a teenager and I just want to is it 15 are you 15 did I get it right yes that's right yeah and I just I feel like 
Gosh, it was such a treat to have you in our training. I think, I mean, it was a treat to have everyone. I think everyone brought something special and um, it was really special for me to be in it with you because it, you know, took me back to my younger self and, you know, who I was and what I was interested in at your age. I mean, that was one of the things that it sparked in me. So that was really special for me. And it was one of the reasons I thought it'd be really fun to interview you on this podcast. Well, I'm so excited. And it was, these two weeks have truly been incredible. And I'm so grateful I got to spend it with you. Oh, <laughs> well, I let's let's share with the listeners with this wonderful journey that brought us together. But the first question that I have is really just where it all started for you. So my question is, what initially sparked your interest in horses or horseplay? That is a really good question. I think I can't exactly remember what really sparked it because I've been around horses my entire life. I remember, I think some of my earliest memories are around horses. And I know that ever since I was little, they've just been a huge passion for me and brought me back to myself in ways that other things couldn't. And I think, um, I remember, I still remember being with horses at a really young age. And I think the first horse I ever rode um, in a lesson, her name was Kaya. I remember her, but I think the deeper idea of being with horses and creating a unique relationship that moves both ways between them. I think that developed when I met um, one of the ponies at Happy Dog, where we had our clinic, Ayla. She is, um, I'm trying to remember how old she was at the time. She was a lot younger and so was I. I think I was six. And I remember going out into the herd one of the first few times I had worked with Gray, my instructor, and just saying, I just want to be with the horses and I just want to spend time with Ayla. And I think it's just been a part of me for such a long time. And I can't even imagine my life without horses in it. Oh, Mila, am I understanding correctly that you have been working with Gray since you were six years old? That is correct. Wow. I mean, that's such a long relationship in itself. It seems like you've had the opportunity to bear witness to her journey or be a very, you know, to be part of her journey as well. For sure. I think um, Gray has probably been the most stable thing in my life that I can remember besides my immediate family. But I think in different ways too. Horses and my relationship with Gray are things that have completely shaped who I am from a very young age. And I think being able to be so close with someone that is teaching and embodying the principles of softness from Mark Rashid's work in unique and incredible ways has been such a blessing. And I really grew up with Gray. I really grew. She watched me grow up and I watched her evolve into the person she is today. And it's a really, that relationship is extremely close to my heart. Hmm. How, how far does your family live from Happy Dog? Um, back, back in the day when traffic that way wasn't bad and there was no housing <laughs> in that area and it was just 
fields of green grass and horses and cows. It took probably 15 minutes, but now with traffic and construction and um, all of the new building that's happening, it takes around 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big difference. For sure. Hmm. Um, we, you answered my next question in, in our, in the first one. So then I'm curious if there was a period of time where you lost interest in horses or where you weren't spending as much time with the horses or taking lessons with Gray. I think that's a really important question. Yeah. Because I think I never really lost interest in horses, but I lost kind of who I was and that hindered my ability to be as authentic as possible with horses. There was never a moment in my life where I ever wanted to quit or I just didn't, or I dreaded going. That never really happened. I mean, it's been my safe space from as long as I can remember, but there was a period of time, I think from the summer leading up to um, sixth grade all the way till probably, let's see, the middle to, to the end of eighth grade that were really, really difficult for me in my horse journey because I was struggling in myself and in who I was. And it was hard because we hear a lot of the times horses can act like mirrors and they show you what you need to figure out in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was like one big fat mirror looking at me. And I just, it was difficult to show up that way and feel so unaware of how you were doing, scared of failure, scared of being afraid. I think that made it difficult, but I, so I did struggle for a little bit, but then I think when I met Echo, my horse now, he showed me very clearly that if I was going to advance in my horseback riding in any way, I needed to learn how to love myself and I needed to learn how to heal myself and take care of myself to be able to work with him in a way that was beneficial for both of us. And that was, that saved my life. I think it really did. Hmm. Were you, I have a couple of questions that came up in listening to that Mila was so that middle school time period were you when you went showed up for your lessons was it a regular weekly thing or monthly what did that look like um it was twice a week twice a week yeah and I think the way I showed up was very scared and I think a lot of times it would be like I would just want to hug Ray and hug the horses and not do anything but just sit there and feel how I was feeling because it was the first time after a while it was my only space to really peel back the layers of who I was and I had so many deep wounds that I couldn't even begin to think about bandaging them without cleaning them out first Mm -hmm. oh did so fear was what you were experiencing away from the horses and then were you afraid to ride as well? Like, or afraid to, were there fears specific to being with the horses as well? 
Yeah, there definitely were. I think it didn't really start out that way, but I had developed pretty severe anxiety and it started carrying over to my horseback riding, which is when we kind of realized this was something deeper than something I could just fix by being more comfortable in the saddle or dealing with what is this fear within horseback riding and how can I help it and realized it was something I needed to work on in myself. But I think some of my fears were losing control of what we were doing. Um, I think that was kind of one of the things is I was kind of afraid of anything going wrong. Basically, I think at the core of it, I was afraid of being afraid. And I was afraid of the feeling I got when I became really afraid, which is hypocritical because I was already afraid of, and anxious in everything I was doing and how I was showing up. But if there was one misstep, I was afraid everything that I built was just going to collapse. And so I think that was really scary for me. But I think it started coming out with things like going faster, cantering, um, doing things that were non, not habitual, things that were new to me, because mm -hmm. I was so afraid of not doing them correctly or getting scared while doing them. And so I didn't even really, I was so afraid to try. And I think that was definitely how it showed up. But I remember one time I was riding with Gray and we were talking about going over some um, little jumps and not huge ones, just like probably, I don't know. They weren't huge, but they were still not like trotting poles, definitely jumps. But I remember being, I was like, I'm nervous if we come out of the jump and go into a canter because that's normally what you can do. But I was riding a horse who had a lot of young riders um, and was very used to being able to keep one gate to the jump and after the jump. But as we were raising it, I started getting a little nervous about that. And Gray told me, looked me in the eyes and was like, why are you so afraid of the thing you want most in this world? Mm. Because I wanted so badly to canter. It was my big goal. It was something that I really, really, really wanted to be able to do. And I'd done it several times before successfully, but it was the fear of doing it wrong and the fear that I wasn't super comfortable in it, even though I was at one point in my life. But I think I was just... I had let my fear control the thing that I wanted most and the thing that I knew my heart needed, the confidence I knew my heart needed. And I think that really made me sit and reflect on why am I so afraid of the thing I want most in this world? Um, Mila, that, I mean, I could, I'm not because I'm staying present for our interview, but I, if I allowed myself, I could just start crying right now because that is such a beautiful and vulnerable share. And I know a lot of us were in tears multiple times in our sharing at the clinic. And um, I mean, I think this is something that, oof, you know, I think the listeners um, of this podcast, even if they have never spent any time or never intend to spend any time with horses, can relate to that in other areas of their lives. And wow, like, Thank you for that incredibly vulnerable share. It's that, I mean, I, 
I'm 46 years old and I can relate to that in my now. Like I actually, my most vulnerable moment at the clinic was, yeah, you pretty much summarized it for me um, or reflected it in your experience and your share. So beautiful. Thank you. And I think um, being vulnerable has been something that has been, was very difficult for me for a while. And I was so afraid to show anyone that I was anxious, depressed, sad, going through something because I really didn't want what I was going through to affect anyone else or mm-hmm. for people to see that. But realizing that when you're not vulnerable, it might mean less expression of pain, but it also inhibits so much love. And I think being able to be vulnerable is an act of love. And it's an act of being honest with who you are and being kind to yourself. And I don't think it's good to be vulnerable with people who are not going to be able to accept and surround you with the love that vulnerability embodies. But Mm. I think in certain spaces like this one right here, like the clinic um, with people who also want that love, I think being vulnerable is extremely important, just as important as protecting yourself and protecting your peace. And I think that was something we talked about in the clinic also was the art of protecting oneself. Mm -hmm. And I think that really stuck out to me too. So it's, um, it's the balance of both to create a sense of oneness. Yeah. Oh, my heart is cracked open. I think what I hear also in that vulnerability, because I feel it and I think I feel connection to you. And I think that, you know, as scary as it can be to be vulnerable with, you know, it does create the space for connection. Um, well, you know, you said love and yeah, at the root of that <laughs> connection, the, the, the underlying, uh, you know, emotion, love. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> I was so immersed in what you were saying. I, um, I'm going to just look at my notes here for the next question. Oh, yes. Um, have you shared your skills with anyone else? I think... That's something that's actually really difficult for me is um, being able to find the confidence and the self-love to be able to express the um, the skills that I have, I guess. And I think the clinic was actually a really big awakening for me because I guess I never really viewed myself as someone who was skillful or someone who had knowledge or ability in this area. And I think I was actually so afraid that people were going to realize that I wasn't skillful or knowledgeable or good at this. And I think the clinic was really a space where I realized, like, I'm allowed to acknowledge myself. Mm -hmm. And I think having having people just say the sentence you are amazing was really really powerful to me and so I'm trying to 
learn to be able to embody that because I don't think I share that very often, but I'm, I'm learning that and I'm learning to say that to myself and be able to say that to myself because I think it's important to acknowledge who we already are and how incredibly unique and incredible that is. And I think being able to say to ourselves, we are amazing is something we all need to learn to be able to do in a kind way. I agree, Mila. You are amazing. And (laughs) I recognized it immediately. Um, I heard you say something. uh, Well, may I offer, I guess is what I want to, may I offer something in a reflection? I would love that. Okay. So I feel like the wisdom that you have at such a young age and the your ability to articulate your emotional landscape and your you know your journey in this practice of horsewomanship, horseplay, um, whatever you want to call it, I think is really a gift that you are already sharing with so many people and. It's going to be really fun as a friend to see how this evolves for you over the years. Um, I mean, already, like just by being on this podcast, you're going to reach, you know, I'm just imagining thousands of people that are going to hear um, your wisdom that you already have at such a young age. And what a gift um, to be able to share uh, your beautiful soul with, you know, and touch all these souls. So just thank you. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I think when Mark says, um, I want to walk through this world owing the least amount of apologies, that really touched my heart because I think the most important thing to me was always being kind and only showing up, embodying kindness and love for others and being able to know Number one, being able to be acknowledged by other people, especially especially other people who I look up to so much and I love so much like you really means the world to me. And knowing that this might reach people, even if it's only one, that Mm -hmm. is truly a gift. And I'm so grateful. Me too. Oh, um, what would you say? So, you know, I feel like, you know, at this point that I'm interviewing you at 15, and, you know, just imagine like if we do this again in five years or I don't know, <laughs> two years, 10 years, whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's fun to think like, I mean, your parents, I would imagine, or one of your parents or grandparents, I don't know who it is. I mean, I was fortunate to meet both your mom and your grandmother. I just, it seems like their support has been integral in your journey. Is that, can you speak to that, what that looks like? A hundred percent. A million percent. I think my family has become the foundation of my community and my safety net. And I am so, so, so blessed that my chosen family is my blood family. I think Mm. that is something that not many people have. And I'm incredibly grateful. And I wake up every morning so grateful for that. I think my mom is like my best friend, my mentor. She's the strongest woman I know, the most incredible, kind, authentic, funny, joyful, generous, hardworking, lovely, beautiful woman I know. 
And I look up to her so much and having someone to understand me in the way she does and to support me in the way she does and to love me through all of my versions of myself, through every version of my life, that, that really means the world to me. I don't, I cannot imagine my life without that. And my dad too, and my brother too, and my grandparents and my community at Happy Dog Ranch. And um, now our clinic community, I think community is definitely the foundation of my stability. Mm, the, so with having Echo, so Echo lives at Happy Dog Ranch. Is that true? That is true. Okay. <laughs> and then, so you have, you still have your two lessons per week. Is that, or is it a different schedule currently? I still have two lessons per week and I am now working three days a week as well up there. And I have days that I can just go up and spend with him and ride with him and learn from each other too. And that's really incredible. And now I have the support of Mark and Chrissy, Chrissy Rashid, not that I never had their support, but that I have even more support in an entirely new way with the opportunity to be able to go to these clinics is absolutely incredible. And so mm -hmm. that is correct. Um, I have this question about, you know, the spilling out into other areas of your life. I mean, it's obviously spilling out into who you are as a human. Um, and so I would imagine that just isn't, you know, extension into everything that you do. Is there an area of your life that you notice that your horse practice has um, the most influence? I think in who I am, most definitely. And in how I try to show up in the world, I think it really impacts the way I navigate my own emotions and my own feelings and the perspective of which I look at the world. And I think that I don't think there's a specific area in my life because I try to show up as the same me that I am through every version of my life. And sometimes that's limited at places like school or, um, situations like that for sure but I think in most situations in my life I take the lessons I've learned from horses and from the community I'm around in the practice of horsemanship that truly helped me body who I want to be and I think recognizing it's not just something you do with horses but it's an entire lifestyle mm -hmm. is really important and being able to have forgiveness for yourself when you don't show up perfectly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Something I'm still working on. Me too. Um, I added this new question. So you're the first one to get it. Um, what are you currently reading or listening to? Oh, this is a fun <laughs> question. I love this. I think so I too. <laughs> I love books so much. But um, right now, I have been, um, I've been extremely inspired <laughs> by the Mark Rashid Clinic. And so um, I have been really trying to see his other resources that they have, Mark and Chrissy's books, um, his um, documentary 
which is really, really cool. Mine like Stillwater or Misanokukono. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, that I just finished that and I think it was really cool. But another area of my life that's very interesting to me is that I've started trying to be very, very careful with what I choose to let in mm-hmm. and what I choose to consume, especially as a 15 year old girl with social media um, and someone who really cares about social justice. It's sometimes can be very difficult. Um, and being an empath, at least that's how I would choose to um, classify myself. I think I'm very, very careful about what I choose to watch and what I choose to let into my life. And I'm choosing positivity and kindness and love. And that's what I'm trying to let into my life. And I've noticed myself re-watching my favorite movies when I was younger, like Hannah Montana, um, the horse movie Flicka. I don't know if you've mm. seen that. I like that one. You need to watch and, that again. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, I, many, many years ago. Yeah, I'm writing that down. I I like that movie. And I think, ooh, because of Win Dixie, that's a really good one that I rewatched. Um but I think it's interesting that those are the things that are coming up in my life right now. Um, because I think it's going back to what I know that is helpful to me and that is healing to me instead of what I know that is not. And still being conscious about what's going on in the rest of the world is extremely important, but also being conscious of whether or not you can absorb it and take it in is really important too. Yeah, I'm practicing and we have so many uh, synchronicities, Mila. I'm also really um, bringing a lot of consciousness to what I digest, you know, listening to and watching. And I've also been (laughs) rewatching things that I've watched in the past. And I, I guess it's been a year ago now, but if you haven't read it in a while, it was really fun for me to reread Black Beauty. It's also a little heartbreaking. Have you ever read Black Beauty? I have. That story is so dear to my heart. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking at it on my bookshelf right now. I can see it right there. So I think I will do that. Yay. <laughs> and I'm going to watch ClickUp. Have you ever I watched? There's a cartoon that I watched with my stepdaughter a lot. Um, I can think of the song. Like, I'm I'm riding free. Is it like free schools? Or, um, I've not um it's, it's fun just a little cartoon um with all that the women are the you know the heroines and just it's been so fun to watch this generation I feel like there's it's so much more accessible just the music you know listening to her and her best friends sing some of the songs that are popular right now like that Victoria's Secret song <laughs> another one and I'm like hell yeah so Riding, I feel like it's called Riding Free. I enjoyed watching that. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I think actually there's a little bit of a synchronicity in that as well. Um, in the fact that um, <laughs> this is really funny, but the girl, I'm trying to remember her name because it's been a really long time since I've seen that. But I think it's Lucky. Is she the main character? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Lucky. (laughs) Her her mom's name is Milagro, which is actually my name. Milagro is my um, 
my extended or full name. And um, her horse was named Aquilius, which is Echo's middle name because he saved her mom in the movie from a marriage she didn't want to get into. And I think he saved me from myself. And so I really, I think that's a really, really important. That was a really important part of my life was hearing, um, being able to see my name represented in a horse character and a woman who was fiery, but kind and gentle, but fierce and Mm. took care of herself, but was still, still a selfless person was really, really cool. And the story of Aquilius, which is a, um, a constellation, I believe, was that he, because he's near the bear, um, he knew when to hide from what he couldn't deal, what he could not um, go up against to be able to save himself. Once again, the art of protecting oneself, but also knew when to stand up for things that he needed to. And Mm -hmm. that is the perfect representation of my horse, Echo, because I think the first thing I really noticed about him watching him in a herd dynamic was the way he didn't get into anything and he was so balanced as an energy and as a force that he just kind of stood his own when he needed to he gave a tail flick when someone was trying to move him that um in a way that he didn't like but he also knew how to move away when other horses were getting into it a little bit and by that I just mean like high tails snorting you know the gist Mm -hmm. what an observation and how neat did you research that after you saw the show did you you like dig into that I did actually neat that's neat Mila I love that stuff (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could have seen my smile so we turned off for the listeners we we are on a zoom uh meeting right now and we turned off our video to um be able to have this conversation because we were having a little internet trouble and now like I was smiling so big like just radiating (laughs) but not just on my face like my I could feel it on my whole body when I was listening to your story so um I I'm bummed that you couldn't see that and I just want to share it with you because yeah it was coming out of my body full force Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I can feel that energy from here. I feel the exact same way. So I'm so appreciative for you. (laughs) Um, My last question, Mila, and well, yeah, I'll just ask it. And then you've done such a beautiful job of, yeah, the sharing in this, this conversation. I, I'm curious if someone came to you that wanted to spend time with horses or, you know, go on this journey, someone heard this conversation that we've had today, what would, how would you recommend, you know, and it's a little different. I ask this question of everyone I interview and I, this is part of the fun of this podcast is that everyone answers it a little bit different. What would you say to someone who said, I really want to spend time with horses or get into horse play? Um, What would you tell them? It will change your life. I, that's what I would tell them. I would say going to be really incredible it's going to be a really incredible experience that is going to shape who you are and I think it is something everyone is a hundred percent able to invest in because I think 
at the core of our being, we're all, we all have the capability to do these things and to become the people that we would like to be. And I think I would definitely encourage people who wanted to get into this. I think I would be mindful of asking yourself, how does this feel to me? And how might this feel to my horse when seeing things? Because I think there's a lot of controversy in the horse world. And I think the biggest question that's kept me on the journey that I've wanted to embark upon is just how does this feel right? And sometimes things don't feel right. And then you learn from that and you learn from, I think I remember there was someone who came to have a clinic at Happy Dog. And I just remember seeing the way the horses were worked with and just feeling in the core of my being, this does not feel right to me. And so I chose to keep that in mind in how I wanted to show up. And I think, um, so just being mindful of how things feel and also remembering that you're just doing your best. Hmm. I do my best and I showed up as me and that's all right. And it's going to have ups and downs like everything in life, but everything will come full circle because I think the universe wants wholeness. And I think we all do. We all want to be whole mm-hmm. in some way. And I think just showing up with kindness and with love and with thoughtfulness and with empathy and with gentleness and with softness, because that's what this all really is. The softness is what's going to lead you in the right way. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> One of the things just hearing you say that the, I feel like I've been on this journey in other areas of my life that we just practiced the last two weeks. Um, You know, for the listener, it was called softness boot camp, and softness, you know, can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And who I have to say, for me, having, um, I was so surprised how many times I didn't even I was not conscious of my own behavior I you know to have it reflected back to me um you know by one of the instructors was so powerful um I think that's one of the really beautiful things about doing any sort of training with great instructors is to have that reflection that to bring consciousness to the unconscious um, I mean, Mark told me so many times, Mila, to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Never heard that one before. <laughs> and I'm like, and I mean, I got to the, well, I was laughing. I feel like I brought so much humility to this um, experience, which um, that is one thing. I feel like it was a gift I gave myself and that I feel really good about. Uh, but it really started to like tickle my funny bone because I was like, I'd catch my, I started to get to the point where I would catch myself as soon as you, I was like, oh, like I was moving so fast and yeah, not going slow. I was like fast and aggressive and yeah, without consciousness to it until it was reflected back. So <laughs> just a side note of this, um, the journey kind of like some, yeah, I, humor and humility. 
on the journey. Yeah. If you, the other thing about if you're getting into horses, be prepared to be humbled because they will test not in a way of like, oh, they're going to test you, but just the work is going to reveal to you everything you thought you knew is going to be different and shown in a unique light. And I think one of the things I did walking into this clinic one day was I realized I am letting go of everything that I have, like a, a pre-designed idea of how it's supposed to be. I'm letting go of the idea of how I think it's supposed to be mm. because I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to show up with kindness and with softness and feel deeply and live deeply and live vulnerably and authentically and be kind. And some things might work for one horse and not for another horse. Some things might work for one person and not another person, but I don't know how it's supposed to be. I don't think there is a supposed to be. I think it's just show up as you are. and. It's okay to move fast and we're actively working on moving slow. It's okay mm -hmm. to get anxious and we're actively working on having a clear mind, which is something that I was, I struggled with. It's okay to not be perfect and we're actively moving to be better and to accept ourselves as we are. And I think the letting go of any expectations you have for yourself, for your horse, or for anything. I think in life of how things are supposed to be, how you want things to go, that's going to allow you to open up your heart to the way things actually are. Mila, that's like such a beautiful metaphor for life that you just shared. Like, <laughs> there's... I mean, whew, it's the way I'm attempting to live my life where I lose the faith or I lose the, you know, I bring resistance and, and all of it, but then coming back to also accepting that and starting again or choosing again, whatever it, you know, it is in the moment. Whew, goodness. And I want to say you're doing an incredible job. <laughs> and so and are you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mila, you truly are such an amazing being, amazing soul. Like I, I just had this, you know, while I was there, I just, I just knew I wanted to bring you onto the podcast and yeah, I want, I'm excited to continue our friendship and this journey that we're on in mindful horseplay. I, yeah, I'm, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the listeners today. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for you and for our journey and for being on this podcast. And I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening and actively choosing to move forward through your life imperfectly, but moving. Yes. I think it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible to be here. I'm so grateful to be on your podcast. Your podcast is going to be extremely incredible and <laughs> it's going to reach people is incredible and the things, the way life works is incredible. So everyone know, like life is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is Mila. And like, 
you know, just feeling it and seeing it through your eyes is so beautiful. Like I, I just feel like I am giving other humans such a gift by, you know, having you on the podcast today and I'm just incredibly appreciative and all the beautiful wisdom you shared just by showing up as yourself. And yeah, I'm incredibly grateful and I would love to have you on the podcast again. (laughs) I would love that. That would be amazing. Well, I feel like it'll happen. So we'll we'll call this the first one. Yes. And I'm so excited to see you at another clinic soon. I signed up. I'm signing up for one. So we'll talk about that outside of our podcast. So yes, I will be back. Great. Um, Is there anything else that you want to share before we say goodbye today? Um, just forgive yourself to anyone who's listening for not being perfect all the time. And you're doing great. And Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. That's what I would say. Hmm. Mila, thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I've said that a million times, but I really mean it. Well, it's the way to live. They say, what was I recently hearing? That which we appreciate appreciates. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, I so- yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with expressing gratitude all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to say goodbye to our listeners for today. And I will have, um, you know, Happy Dog Ranch contact in the show notes, as well as Mark Rashid and his wife, Chrissy, and their contact information. And then Mila, if she decides, if there's anything that she wants to share, otherwise, um, maybe you will run into her someday at Happy Dog if you decide to um, go on a horse journey. I'll be there. (laughs) Sweet. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, Mila, and I'll talk to you soon. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Ritual of Practice podcast. You can find the show home at ritualofpractice.com. Follow us on your favorite listening platform to receive weekly inspiration for your practices. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you love. Until next time, keep practicing.